you stand for and that we stand for be preserved under the providence of God for the happiness of mankind. The trouble is caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals as if they were old and outworn machines. But it is the values of individual liberty, equality before the law and the supremacy of people over the state to which we can always with confidence return as a powerful and uniting force. Australia is not a secular country. It is a free country. G'day, g'day, and welcome to Pello Talk this first night in the new financial year, the 1st of July. Uh, and uh, welcome to lockdown to millions and millions and millions of Australians who are wondering why Australia is still a penal colony, even though I haven't done anything wrong and I don't think you have either. But that's the lay of the land. We are being punished for our sins of electing a Liberal government, uh, Liberal and Labor premiers around the nation and uh, not complaining, not saying anything, not protesting for nearly 18 months now while they have constantly came up with new excuses for extending emergency powers magically as they start to reach their expiry date. Of course, it's a holiday, so we need a lockdown. Of course, it's a religious holiday, so we need a lockdown. Of course, businesses are just starting to get back on their feet, so we need to punish them and screw them into the ground just a little bit more because, hey, we don't rely on government enough already. Let's make them more dependent on the teat of the big state, which just will not stop expanding. Of course, the premiers, prime minister, public servants, they're not suffering at all. They haven't skipped an hour of pay or work. Uh, they're able to do whatever and be completely unaffected. And if any of them ever tell you that we're in this together, ask them how their pay packet's going because uh, guaranteed these people making these decisions do not suffer one little bit. And their platitudes are hollow. Their promises are meaningless. And today, I was just laughing my head off. I'm outraged that our chief hell officer in Queensland, Janet Young, has been given the promotion and the reward for punishing us of being made the next governor of Queensland. But this person who's just responsible for locking us down with absolutely no regard at all to science, she locked down public schools. Why? Because policy policy. She said on the record in an interview published in the Brisbane Times that uh, it had nothing to do with science. It was all about sending a strong signal because people weren't scared enough. We had to have more fear. We had to take this as seriously as she wanted us to take it. And although there was no scientific reason for locking down schools, it did help the political message of believing the government, believing the chief hell officer. Uh, and much to my great, great amusement, endless mirth this morning, raucous laughter throughout the house. Uh, we have her on TV telling Scott Morrison, who's backflipped on on when the AstraZeneca virus, uh, vaccine, sorry, slip of the tongue, uh, when the AstraZeneca vaccine should be available. First, it's for over 50s, then it's for over 60s. 
And then he's getting all kinds of political pressure for not having enough uh, vaccines out in the community. He goes, oh, all right, you can have the AstraZeneca then. Let's make it available for people younger. But, you know, just to consult with your GP first. Well, Janet Young comes out and she says, no, if you're under 60, you shouldn't have the AstraZeneca vaccine because it's just too risky. You just shouldn't be doing it. It's bad advice. Uh, and she said, she actually said this, an 18-year-old has not very much chance of dying if they get COVID. And so why take the chance with all the blood clots? And the rest of us who are a little bit hesitant about taking, the, taking these experimental vaccines are like, I know, I don't mind getting COVID because we're going to do fine. I'm not over 60. I don't have comorbidities. There's a 99.7% chance that if I get COVID, I'll have some mild symptoms at worst. Why? This is what we've been saying all along. I'm not anti-vax. I'm just a little bit hesitant about this particular vaccine. And I don't think the problem demands that kind of risk. Uh, well, Jeanette Young this morning on the Sunrise Show, Natalie Barr is asking her uh, guest on TV, some epidemiologist, is Jeanette Young an anti-vaxxer now? <laughs> the Chief Health Officer of Queensland is being accused of being an anti-vaxxer. Why? Because she deviated just one iota from the narrative, from the agreed narrative. Well, folks, the Emperor has no clothes. We've been telling you all along those clothes weren't there. It's just a hairy, pimply butt on these scientists. They're telling us all the time, it's the science, it's the science, trust the science. Well, absolute bunkum. Absolute bunkum has been put to that tonight. Not only have we had plenty of proof throughout this whole time with banning Anzac Day flyovers and public school attendance with zero basis in actual science whatsoever, but now we have Prime Minister changing and ignoring the best health advice because it's politically expedient for him. And then all the rest of the chief health officers in the nation ganging up on Jeanette Young because she uh, is not towing the line. She's like, uh, guys, you know what? If you have a, a pretty low risk of dying from COVID, then why bother with a risky vaccine? Great question. So let's have a chat with, uh, with Alexandra Marshall because this week on The Good Source, she published a really, really great uh, article. Alexandra, welcome to The Good Source. Hope you like my little rant. Well, first of all, I think we should have a pre-show for all of your uh, sign-ups because, honestly, you're hilarious and it's very difficult to keep a straight face after you go and do <laughs> all of that before we get started with our interview. Uh, spoilers and behind-the-scenes secrets. But I actually <laughs> did something outrageous today. I donned a mask and went into Hornsby to have a look at the big shopping centre, big Westfield up there, and uh, to see what was going on with this latest lockdown in Sydney. And it was very depressing with all these poor shops that have been just limping toward their end of financial year stock takes and their big sales, hoping to clear out at some of their dead stock, which has been accumulating throughout all these year of lockdown. And a lot of the big ones have had to close permanently because they are not allowed to open. They're not essential. They're not food services. And so that's it. Crazy. They've missed their opportunity. And some of the big stores that have been there for a long time are now going. And it's tragic to see that this is the impact on retailers in Australia when all the big companies, all the friends of the government are allowed to remain open. 
And uh, who's safe, who's not safe, who's essential, who's not essential, it's getting, it's getting a little bit tiresome, I think. It's well beyond uh, tiresome. I mean, this is, if you weren't laughing, you'd have to cry or scream in anger because it's, I think the only word for this has for a while now been, and there's now no doubt whatsoever, abusive. The government is an abusive boyfriend and just keeps taking us for granted, bashing us up and refusing to allow us to leave. I mean, talk about coercion and control. There's absolutely no way we're allowed to think for ourselves, control our own finances, jobs, who we contact, that needs to know where we go, what time and everywhere that we've been. It's it's beyond a joke. The absolute deprivation of liberty and freedom is a full-on frontal assault on the rights of every citizen. And and whether you believe in God or not, these rights are not granted by government and government has no right whatsoever to to fraudulently violate them the way they have been for the last 18 months. It's beyond a joke and it's well and truly time for us to stand up to them. Well, government can take away our rights if they want to, but they cannot continue to call themselves a conservative government or even a Westminster system government because they're not. Correct. They might as well just come out and say that they've gone full communist because that's what we're headed towards. Are they talking about having COVID uh, little QR codes on people's houses? There are over 20 people in a house. So I was thinking to myself, gee, that's awfully similar to what the Chinese have done to the Tibetans where and the people in Xinjiang where they've got little QR codes on their house so they can keep track of their movements. We're getting, we're getting right uh, parallel to some Asian politics which just has no place in our, in our Western democracies. Correct, correct. For those users who are joining us in a Facebook group, we are streaming to multiple um, groups, pages and uh, YouTube channels at the moment. Uh, but if you're joining us on a Facebook group, we actually can't see your name unless you give StreamYard permission. Uh, so just click on the link uh, to give StreamYard permission to see your name and details and, and we'll be able to interact with you and put your comments on the screen. Um, somebody in the comments mentioned that the uh, captions are a bit off-putting. That's an automatically generated thing, so you can turn that off in your device. We're, we're not doing those. Either Facebook or YouTube will generate those automatically, and sometimes uh, they will get them wrong. Let's see if captions can get hexanitrodifenilamine. Top marks for irony, though. I thought that was brilliant. I'm annoyed by the captions while posting a caption. I love it. It was great. <laughs> I, I think I think they mean the auto subtitles, not not the comments. Oh um, right. Uh, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, no, that, that was a little bit uh, Sorry, a little bit funny. <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. Well, let's have a chat uh, about your article, um, which I really loved. Uh, you actually got um, a lot of. Uh, Facebook censoring and also leftist uh, overreactions because you mentioned the word vaccine, even though it's got nothing to do with COVID. Uh, Not the search for medical from utopia. The right as well. From the right as well. I got abuse from just literally everybody who read the word vaccine and thought, I'm off, I'm going on a roll. Let's, let's, let's scream at Alex for a while. <laughs> Well, the article starts, just in case you were starting to get comfortable with the idea of a trial, v, v, a, a, v word, vaccine, that instructs your cells to make bits of and pieces of a viral protein. Sorry, that's an edited program uh, mistake there. Bits and pieces of a viral protein. Scientists have upped their mm -hmm. sci-fi game. Dr. Ewan Ashley, a genetic scientist and professor at Stanford University, prestigious, is creating what he calls a superhero vaccine. 
Far from being a pipe dream, he believes it could be ready for testing as early as 2026. His goal is to use genetic information harvested from people who are determined to have advantageous traits and use these fragments to repair DNA within the research. I'll get you to explain this in just a, a bit, um, Alexandra, but uh, I just want to put a little plug in here in case you didn't see, uh, there is a podcast here. Uh, most of the good source articles these days are being podcasted, and uh, that means where possible we get the actual author to read their article in their own voice, um, and then we edit that up, package it, and put it on the Good Source podcast channel. Make sure you subscribe to that. Make sure you give us a five-star rating on Apple and uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, share it with all your friends. Great way to digest uh, news and opinions, and uh, we've we've got half a dozen to a dozen new podcasts coming out every week. Um, so that's really great to listen to uh, while you mow the lawn or on the treadmill or on the bus or wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, if you prefer to read it, then uh, we've got it, uh, the full article written on the website as well. Anyway, what is going on with this superhero vaccine, Alexandra? I think we should let our audience decide if we leave my edits in the podcast, if they can listen to me swearing my way through my inability to do things. It's uh, highly amusing. Uh, okay. You weren't too bad this week. I didn't have to cut out too many. Uh, oh, That's damn it. take 40, right? It, was, it took a long time to get to that point. Uh, oh, you were so, nice to me. <laughs> with, this, with this vaccine article, so what's basically happened is it's about three different things. The primary one is this uh, guy who is leading a research project where he's He's basically cutting bits and pieces of DNA uh, from people who've got uh, great traits or strong traits. So he think, he names like sports stars or or just people who are generally fitter and healthier and creating a DNA blueprint, which he puts into a vaccine so that it rewrites parts of your damaged or less advantageous DNA. So it literally is a, a vaccine that rewrites part of your DNA and he calls it the superhero vaccine. And, of course, it's a little bit close to a eugenics program, if you ask me, because it's essentially saying that there are some types of genetic attributes that are optimal and others that are not, and it goes toward creating a, an homogenised genetic uh, race, pretty much, which is never a really good idea, especially when you've got no idea what you're doing. But that's what he's going to test by 2026, and so that's what the article was about. And then on the bottom of it, I point out a couple of other research studies. One was a Chinese scientist who is now in jail who brought three little girls to term after editing and cutting their genes in the embryo and then transferring them to a mother who then, two mothers who then had the children. And uh, his work's been continued by a Russian. So it's now, and that was to edit uh, like HIV uh, weaknesses out so that someone would be immune to HIV. And um, then the other guys were the ones playing with dinosaur eggs and they were turning chickens into partial dinosaurs, particularly raptors, which is always a bit of fun. And so you might enjoy that part of the article as, a, as an aside. But the problem was online, if you say the word vaccine, everyone assumes you're talking about the COVID vaccines and mRNA vaccines. And so I got rolled for spreading misinformation about how uh, COVID vaccines can't edit your DNA. I'm like, I know the article is literally about people playing with dinosaurs. It's not about uh, COVID. And that was my week. Oh, and uh, it was censored by Facebook because apparently it was misinformation about chickens or dinosaurs. I'm not quite sure. 
censor it. Are you alive? Did they did they censor it in a particular way, such as uh, taking it down or just putting a warning up and, and sending you to a COVID site? Yeah, they put the full warning up. So on Facebook, you've got the little thing underneath, which is, you know, COVID information center. And if you try and reblog, it's like, uh, careful, you must read these articles, you know, the information go here. And I'm like, did you fact check yourself, Facebook? Because it's <clears> not <throat> about you. The Facebook al algorithm is gone crazy. But that's what I've noticed about COVID is the world, since COVID's come in place, science seems to have shrunk where people are now looking at things as if only one realm of science exists. And if you talk about vaccines, well, you must be somehow sidelined talking about COVID. It's as if you can't talk about the wider realm of science out there anymore. And that's quite worrying. I'm absolutely convinced that science is female. Uh, it, it's it, it's it's a dead set certainty. Um, there's no way science can be male because men are famous for common sense and women are famous for making up their own rules, changing the rules without notice, never telling you what the rules are. And if you start to suspect you've got a, a handle on the rules, then they will completely erase them, rewrite them from scratch and be very mad at you for breaking the rules that they just made up without telling you, even though you didn't know what they were and you had no chance whatsoever. I think Dave, that's pretty much exactly the same as being married is is hearing uh, science says. You don't even know what the rules are that go into making the rules, okay? That's how far behind the rules men actually are, right? There's a whole is, other playing field of humanity that goes on, a social structure that you, men aren't even aware of, which is really <laughs> Matt's rough. Kill, Matt's killing himself here. <laughs> He's trying very hard not to laugh out loud. I just want to put this out there. This is We're talking about politicised science right now. This is not the, the actual study of oh, science. I think they've gendered science. <laughs> It's, science is, is a mad, mad woman. This is politicised science, right? But uh, the realm of science, most of it was helped along or uh, added to by laymen, by people who just had genuine interests and put a lot of effort in researching and who didn't belong to these big organisations. They weren't peer-reviewed. And now you have to be an authority figure with a backing of a political party in order to contribute. And I think that's fundamentally ruined uh, yep. the discipline. Uh, look, there's even more proof that science is a woman. Uh, you know, if I if I try and explain something to you right now, as I am, uh, there will be a lot of people that will be like, "Oh no, you did not. You just mansplained to her." It's exactly the same. Exactly the same. If you try and question the COVID science, it's like, "Are you an epidemiologist?" Well, yeah, that's I'm sorry. That's gatekeeping. That means that uh, it, it, you can't question authoritative knowledge, even if it's wrong. And that no. is a dangerous thing and it exists in many different fields. I'm just the wrong gender to ask questions and, you know. You shouldn't be. The fact that you're hosting this show is an act of supremacy <clears throat> and oppression. White male privilege. It's exactly what it is. Uh, so funny. Chris Hewitt likes it. Haha, <laughs> too true. Uh, well, look, uh, somebody else who went off on a mad rant that made a lot of sense, and you are about to predict that they're a man, uh, was Pat Masiti. Uh, Pat Masiti uh, went off on a, on a really great uh, tangent. Now, Pat Masiti, for those people who don't know, is a uh, preacher from way back, way back when, and a big part of Hillsong, big part of a Pentecostal youth movement called Youth Alive. And uh, back in the day when I was a youth leader, uh, I've been to Youth Alive concerts and, and taken youth groups to 
uh, Youth Alive events and fantastic impact on a whole generation of, of adolescents, teenagers in the uh, 80s and, and 90s. And uh, he's been out of the spotlight for about 20 years or so and, and become actually a very large player in the international business world, specializing in speaking on leadership, etc. cetera. Uh, but he really, really risked it all uh, this week, uh, yesterday, in fact, when he did a, a bit of a rant for about 15 minutes on his private Facebook profile. And it was public, um, but not his business page, but it's been shared nearly 600 times or so. And uh, I reached out to Pat, Masidi, and uh, we uh, had a bit of a chat about it this afternoon, and I'm really interested in, in what he had to say because it, I think one of the devastatingly silent voices this past 18 months, so we, we saw it in the uh, marriage debate, there was a great deal of, of silence, uh, and again, the church has been very, very silent on the attack and assault on basic freedoms that we should be able to take for granted uh, in Australia. So uh, here's uh, the chat that I had earlier this afternoon with Pat Masidi. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on Pello Talk tonight and thank you for your message. It's gone absolutely viral, approaching 600 shares in less than 24 hours. Um, mm. Tell me, why did you do this? Unscripted, off the cuff, a little bit of a rant, and it's just resonated with so many people. Yeah, look, I was sitting in my... Uh in, in my, my uh, lounge room and I was getting ready to go on a webinar, business webinar that I was doing to several hundred people, and I just felt prompted to get up. I'd had enough, and I was watching some of the dribble coming out of these unelected, unelected control freaks, and I went, that's it. So I just got up, I, I put the camera to my face, I said, I want to talk and I want to challenge, especially the Christian leaders in this country. Now, you know, I, I've had my share of challenges in my life, but I'll tell you one thing I will not do. I will not sit there and let, and let this woke leftist socialism globalist mentality take away our freedoms, firstly, as humans, secondly, as Christians. So anyway, and you can see I'm still pretty fired up about it because the, the lies that are coming out are just unbelievable. They, they are contradicting yeah. each other, and you and I know that where there is confusion, that isn't God. We're talking about life and death. They go on about protecting us. It's garbage. We were doing very well until ScoMo went overseas. Came back, what happened? What happened? Our whole world was changed upside down. National Cabinet meeting. Now, from my understanding, 29th of June, the emergency, you know, powers that they've got closed down. I've got a bill here from the Parliament of Queensland stating that they want to extend and change the powers. They want to, even in the case of COVID, if something happens, you know what? There's no no election, nothing. It's it shut down. This is a bill before Parliament. Are they kidding me? And this is not about our safety. Their science is so confusing. We're not we're not getting told. Yeah. We're not getting told. They're saying like the new de deviant Delta virus. Well, firstly, it's a weak strain. Secondly, no one's 
dead. Thirdly, we've got one person in hospital. It spreads faster, but so what? Yep. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Pat, um, when and where, understanding the burden and and theological constraints that are on mm -hmm. pastors, um, you know, the, the differences doctrinally, uh, the the need to maintain the unity of a congregation and not wanting to split people on politics, etc. Um, but when and where should pastors be condemning the government, government decisions, uh, either is it time yet and, and is it past time and what's your take on the right way for someone, a shepherd who's really concerned about um, obviously honouring God first and honouring government second um, and maintaining the unity of the congregation. What's the right balance here? Firstly, the first and foremost obligation is to the word of God. If God called you to be a preacher, don't stoop to be a king. Back in the day, I think is is uh, Mary Queen of Scots said she feared the prayers of John Knox more than an army of a thousand men. We don't have that influence anymore. Wow. The Salvation Army, William Booth called called to account even the royal family in back in the day. William Booth, mm. he called them to account for what was happening in the in in the abuse of children. We talk today about you know where where you know, like you know being you know advocates and so forth and so forth do you know what we're only advocates for woke culture woke culture no one denounced blm now black lives matter believe you me but we were the pastors supporting jacinda price the only voice that had any reason she was she was doing more for for, for, for the black community than anybody else we we now have a woke jesus but Jesus was a polarizing character. Let's look at Paul. Sure. Paul challenged Paul challenged people of the day. Look at Jeremiah. Look at the prophets. The first obligation is to the Word of God. Secondly, I see them misquote Romans so often about being subject to leaders and authorities. Well, if that was the case, the early church would have never got the message out. That's if true. That's, sorry, sorry. They would never have got the message out. The Romans right. didn't care. The Romans did not care how many gods you had. The Romans got mad and started butchering people and martyring him because they said there's only one way and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't even get people to say that on TV these days. They won't say it. You, you can't get comment on, on abortion from anybody. You can't get a from the pulpit. You tell me the last time someone did that. You you you'll hear a lot of pop psychology, a lot of and again, because oh you know we, we ought to be known for what we stand for, not what we stand against. Well, let me give you let me give you a test how, how the Bible is. The Bible speaks both. That's the Bible right. is a two-edged sword, not a one-edged sword. Now, as far as the congregation. Jesus is polarizing. I'm telling you. And 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 you know, the other day I was in church. 
and 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 no one came to give their life to Christ. And I said, Jim, and and they asked me why you think. I said, there's no conviction anymore. We have really have we have, we have at Jesus. Don't change at Jesus. Now look, I've had my failures and there, and, and by God's grace, I'm still here, and I love God and I love the church, and I'm not going to our pastors. I defend them to secular media every week, every week. But the secular media is wondering why they're so quiet. Why are they so quiet? Yep. Is it we're scared of losing our fringe benefits tax? I mean, please right. explain to me why we can't be preachers of what the Bible says. Now, if people in your church get mad, so? Yep. And, and you know, to be fair, I, I don't. I don't think my honest opinion is I don't think it's money motivation. I, I think the greatest motivation behind the silence of the pulpit in the public square and on important public issues is a fear of division amongst the congregation. Uh, I think it's it's the pastoral gift gone to a little bit of excess. I, I some people say it's fear. Um, and I think it's some of that for some people. Um, fear of, you know, lost money through fringe benefits tax or government approval. I, I think it might be some of that as well. And and to also be fair, I think there might be as many as 10% of churches, a small number but not insignificant, um, who are actually bold and talking to these issues. I, I do know pastors that are doing well and it's, and it's very encouraging. We have, uh, we have a Pentecostal. ACC Prime Minister mm. in charge right now. Now, firstly, they put him on at a conference to, to preach. That because well, big deal, honestly. Honestly, big deal. But here's there was Pastor Paul in Melbourne was sent to prison for opening his church, was put in solitary confinement. And I don't know one major leader in this country that ran to his defence or spoke out or challenged Scott Morrison on it. Now, there may be some, and forgive me if, if someone did. Right. Who did that? I could go down the list of all the mega churches and not one. I never heard one of them. Not one of them. Yet these are guys who got platforms on TV. They've got social media platforms. They've got... Platforms all over the place. So let's so let's get down to the nuts and bolts, though. If there's a pastor mm. listening now, and and he's saying, "Look, Romans 13 says, um, obey the authorities if yeah. you can. Like if you have to disobey God, obviously not. not. Um, mm. But the pastor's saying right now, you know, maybe Pastor Paul was wrong. Maybe he wasn't." disobeying God when he obeyed the authorities. Where do you think the line is and why do you think pastors should be either either being civilly disobedient or at least rhetorically condemning the current policies and, uh, you know, directives from the chief health officers that we're getting? Was Daniel civilly disobedient? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. 
Was Paul civilly disobedient? Yes, he was. Was Jesus civilly disobedient? Well, he got crucified and looked at and the people around him. Now, now we, we hide behind one verse, one or one one part. But the Bible, the Bible is a holistic book. You've got bewares and you've got behold, David. And I believe with all my heart, until we start standing, standing, this pandemic, every time it's a festive season, every time it's something that the council culture wants to cancel, every time it's time for family to get together, it's almost like sets off. Every time their emergency powers are about to expire. Every time their emergency powers. Now, where's the rhetoric in the media why is it i know a couple of pastors that are very vocal yeah mark white's on one of them good man great man great man actually good another good man great man but mike they've got to be true to the word of god they're not they can't be true to the prime minister because he's pentecostal or to the you know jeanette young or to the the exactly. lady in south australia who said this is the moron, and, and I, I know I shouldn't call her a moron, but I can't find a nicer word. The chief health officer who said coronavirus spread because of a pizza box. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We were wrong. And this same woman yesterday dismissed, dismissed when she was asked, what's the percentage of people that need to be vaccinated before we can all be free? 80%? She said, it's irrelevant. And the cases of the severity is irrelevant. You know, the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. Men and women of God have always, we have been called to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. Our woke culture has made us lame. It has emasculated and amputated the soul of the church. And our souls, our souls are being slowly dismembered. People don't even know what they believe anymore. Yep. Just three points in a poem. How to be three steps to how to be happy. Four steps to get in tune with your inner world. Yep. Now I can get from Tony Robbins. I don't need a preacher to do that. And he does a bad job. Daryl Budge has offered this comment. Uh, he's a he's a great Christian activist in uh, Western Australia, uh, and he says pastors are confused about loving your neighbour. Jesus said, "My kingdom, and therefore the love slash fruits in His kingdom, are not of this world." Christians cannot bow to Caesar's efforts to legally compel misplaced love in an earthly fashion. Um, hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I thought I think he's brilliant. I wish I could have said it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but we do, we do confuse it. Love your, listen, loving your neighbour does not mean that I can't correct you. I, I want to make a statement here. Correction is not a sign of disapproval. Where did we get that from? If that is the case, God disapproves of us all the time. Hebrews talks about the discipline of the Lord. 
There is nothing there is nothing confusing to become in my life when I've been confronted over things in my life that went wrong, that were actions out of my bad behaviour. I had to deal with them. And the problem is we really don't love enough. I heard a famous preacher in this country say, who do you love enough that you will allow them to speak into your life and who do you love enough, right, that you will mm. speak into their lives? Yeah, yeah, this course is very silent right now. And I'm looking at the congregation numbers and the seats are empty. And I'm telling you, people are not going back to church and it's not because they're scared of COVID. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's because they're in their leadership. And, yep. I, and I stand to lose here, Dale. I'm sorry if I'm talking too much. I didn't get a chance to speak on a format like this a lot, but I, I've got a lot to lose here. I, I'm going to lose a lot of friends. You know, a lot of, for me as, as a speaker and a presenter, I know I'm going to lose people, but I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not driven by a paycheck or an offering or an honorary. I'm not driven by that at all anymore. I can uh, tell I like, you. I like what you said. And, and, of course, I've heard it before, but uh, it's it's really tr true. Uh, sacred cows make the tastiest hamburgers. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We, we got a good comment here from uh, Dean Comerford, um, and he says, uh, and Dean's a, Dean's a great uh, Christian leader that I know, uh, in a democratic society, protest is an allowed practice. Therefore, it must be possible to corporately cool. protest lockdowns, etc., without Correct. breaking Romans 13, etc. Time for protest, Dean Correct. says. Correct. Correct. You know, the other day I pulled out a photo of a Jesus march I had back in 1985, and if anyone knows Sydney, the entire street of George Street, from well, from Town Hall down to, to, the, to the Central, was jam-packed with people, and we were singing and celebrating Jesus. Let me tell you, right now in the United States, there's a movement happening called Let Us Worship. And, and, and guess what's happening? Revival is happening. People are coming to Christ. Churches, you know, my, my friend Rodney Howe Brown was ridiculed because he left his church open and was arrested. Now the guy yeah. arrested him, he goes to his church. And I he was properly following the laws, by the way. I, I for his case, he, he didn't have Queensland health directives or 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 Victoria-stan health mm -hmm. directives. He had a different jurisdiction, and mm. uh, there were so many holes in their legislation, it looked like Swiss mm. cheese. So he was not breaking Romans 13. No, and, and, and but here's, Dave, I'm going to make this statement, and people might shoot me down for this one. We get so hell-bent on, on obeying one rule in the Bible, and we're breaking 20 at the same time. Hmm. And, and see, that's you. You actually, you actually said that really well. Hell bent, um, maybe a Freudian slip, but um, we actually, we actually can get unbalanced uh, with one verse instead of considering the whole counsel of God. Uh, and and I've been saying recently, and I and I think it's just got so much profound tr truth in it that it. it it's useful and and not just um, and not just excitable, uh, and that is safetyism is idolatry. Mm. When when we are obsessed with safety above the things that God has ordained, like freedom, mm. 
and church um, yeah. when when we're prepared to sacrifice all for safety and demand that the government provide yeah. our safety we are putting way too much in front of God and that's idolatry let, 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 let me let me give everyone a command from God that is mentioned 365 times you ready for it fear not yet every day we've got believers running around in fear of a disease that's got a 99.7 percent um uh, overcoming rate we're running around in fear of a lockdown not knowing what some you know unqualified un and unelected official is going to tell us we're running around in fear that we're going to lose our freedom we're running around in fear we don't know whether we can see our kids not see our kids right and and, and here's the thing why aren't they telling us how many people are dying from this vaccine let me tell this is my belief why this vaccine rollout isn't working let me tell scott morrison and everyone else why it's not working i'll tell you why people see through the bs they they don't believe you mm. people are not trusting they are not trusting government right now i'm really looking forward to getting you in the studio we'll do a proper proper interview want to uh, you know, pick your brain a bit about, um, you know, tell people your story for those people who don't know of you. Some people who've come from New Zealand or might not have been uh, born and, and a teenager around your time. I was. Uh, been to a few youth live concerts with Tina Arena and James Morris and yeah. headlining yeah. and, um, yeah. yeah, good times. And uh, I certainly thank you for the, the legacy and impact you. you've put in this nation. And uh, I'm glad you've bounced back and, and found a, a, a life after ministry. Um, well, I still, and, you know what, I, I, I still love preaching the Word of God. I do a Sunday morning service every Sunday online called Reborn. It's on our Facebook and we live stream it. And I just nice. do what I can do for the gospel. And... Um, and if anybody wants to go there, www.mercedia.com forward slash reborn. Uh, this Sunday, I'm going to be speaking on the way out of this mess, the way out of this mess. Okay. And uh, it's uh, and and of course there is a way. He's always. And if people are um, if people are in church when that's on, can they watch it on delay stream? Yeah, yeah, there's a replay. Yeah, there's a replay on my Facebook, and and I, I just want to encourage people. I'm sorry if I get him up. Look to Jesus. Yep. He will never disappoint you. And maybe if you went to church once and you've gone away from the Lord and you, you know, Jesus never hurt you. Jesus never did you any wrong. And you know what? We can point finger at the church of the end and we look, we're all of clay feet. But Jesus. Jesus has always remained the same. He's never let you down. He will. He, nothing you do can make him love you less, and nothing you will ever do will make him love you more. Thank you for having me, David. It's been a real blessing, and um, I trust we can add some value to people. Well, thank you very much uh, to Pat Masidi for yeah generations, uh, certain decades, I should say, uh, of uh, of input into Australia. And 
Look, uh, a little plug for the Good Source supporters. Uh, the Good Source supporters and Pelo Talk partners from way back uh, are people who are putting their hands in their pocket every month, uh, every week, just a little bit, five, ten, twenty dollars to keep these kind of shows coming to you. Now, there's a really long interview with Pat Masidi. It took about 55 minutes this afternoon, and I, I brutally chopped it down. I was trying to get it down to 15 minutes, uh, but he was just saying so much gold nuggets that I wanted to share with you tonight. I, I extended the cutout to 20 minutes, but there's another half hour of really good conversation that the Good Source supporters have access to. They have access to behind-the-scenes recordings uh, in a uh, private Facebook group. Um, if you're a good source supporter and you haven't got access to that yet, uh, let me know. Send me an email and we'll sort that out. And for everybody else who'd like access to that and a lot of past conversations uh, where you get a lot more of the good stuff, um, then then please, or even if you just want to help us produce more of the good source, then uh, please head to goodsource.news and uh, become a, a supporter there for a small amount. There are no paywalls. Uh, all of this content is free, Facebook, YouTube, and then it'll be posted on the website as well. Uh, and uh, we want you to share it and as many people as possible to enjoy it. Um, and we just appreciate uh, those people who can doing what they can to keep this coming. Uh, this isn't the taxpayer-funded ABC. You get to choose if you want more of this and to subsidize it with your own free will, which is the way a society operates. Now, one of the other things uh, that I would like to see defunded is the Labor Party. The ABC, uh, but I repeat myself, needs to be defunded, uh, but the Labor Party also needs to be defunded. Now, they go out of their way to pass legislation to make sure that developers are not able to make political donations. But guess who the Labor Party has no interest in curbing political donations from? The unions. Exactly right. Well, there is a new uh, union offering on the front, a competitor to the Labor donating unions out there, and they have become a sponsor of the good source. Now, ordinarily, when you join the uh, Queensland Teachers Professional Association, uh, or the, uh, the sorry, the, the Nurses Professional Association of Queensland or the Teachers Professional Association of Queensland or the Professional Drivers Association of Australia, um, you're ordinarily going to save uh, hundreds of dollars each and every year. Uh, you will get exactly the same service, if not better, uh, but you will save hundreds of dollars because they won't be taking your fees to do something that you don't want to do behind your back, and that is donate to the Labor Party or any party for that matter. They're just going to be using your fees to do what you need them to do, and that's represent you in your industry. In fact, unlike uh, the unions, they're not going to get a union official in to negotiate on your behalf at the first time you need them. The first interaction you're going to get with uh, a somebody from the union on your behalf when you need help and representation is an employment lawyer, the big guns, high-caliber stuff. Now, they're doing all of this, saving you hundreds of dollars every year on your union fees simply because they're not donating to the Labor Party. So if you want to help defund the Labor Party and if you want to help a good source sponsor, 
then can I get you to head to, where's the banner for that, redunion.com.au. Head to redunion.com.au and you'll be able to join up to the Nurses Professional Association of Queensland. And bear in mind, uh, this association has members right across Australia. You don't need to be a Queenslander, a nurse in Queensland, to benefit from this union representation. They have uh, a very, very big union, very great representation going on. And not only will you save hundreds of dollars a year on your union fees, which include donations to the Labor Party, you'll also get a, 20, a $25 discount on your first month's fees when you put the coupon code in at your point of sign up, the good source. Uh, that's good source. One word, doesn't matter what case you use, good source. So to save hundreds of dollars uh, every year on your union fees and to save $25 on your first month, then head to redunion.com.au and use the coupon code good source to make sure they know we sent you and uh, so that you can get that $25 off your first month. And uh, fantastic. Yes, you're going to get all of the professional indemnity insurance that you need. Yes, you're going to get all of the professional representation and advice that you need uh, if you need some help negotiating things with your employer. No, you're not going to have your fees donating hundreds of dollars a year for each and every member to the Labor Party. So what a great way to uh, make politics fairer and uh, more of a level playing ground in Australia, as well as uh, saving some money for yourself. Well, um, next up tonight, we have a great article from Augusto Zimmerman. Um, so we'll just bring that up. Uh, fantastic title, very popular article on the website this week. Uh, article titled, Australians are living in a pandemic of arrogance and stupidity by Professor Augusto Zimmerman. And uh, we've got that artwork there with uh, somebody's brain being carried out on a stretcher and not allowed to use it because it's behind quarantine, COVID quarantine. Uh, well, let's uh, say good day to Augusto and he can tell us a little bit about the article and uh, we'll bring Alexandra back in for some comment as well. But Augusto, welcome to the show and, and thank you for coming on Pello Talk tonight and thank you for your great article. Thank you. It's a wonderful thing to be with you again and with Alexandra. It's a privilege. Thank you very much, Augusto. Now, uh, your article starts, about 12 million Australians are in lockdown. Brisbane is now the fourth major Australian city in lockdown as the state politicians have forced residents to stay at home for at least three days due to alleged concerns about the spread of the latest variant of COVID-19. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk took the opportunity to issue the following threat. This is going to be part of the Australian way of life until everyone is vaccinated. And uh, there we see again, we have the, the wonderfully Brazilian dulcet tones of Augusto narrating his article on the Good Source podcast, which I again recommend everybody to tune in to enjoy. Augusto, uh, tell us more about your article. Well, I think uh, the first thing I have to say is that this article was written in a state of um, fury and a little bit of depression as well, a combination of both. But certainly uh, the main target here was the premier of Western Australia because I am now a victim of his lockdown. 
I'm under arrest thanks to his uh, idiotic idea of uh, imposing a lockdown because of only three cases. I mean, this man has never run a business in his life. And that's why he can do these things without measuring the consequences properly of those who are real, uh, really in the marketplace, giving jobs to, to people and opening their own business on a daily basis. These people are suffering a lot. Uh, we are going to see the the effect of these measures on uh, people who run restaurants and coffee shops. Many of them are now closing, and I believe that they will be uh, never open again. Uh, so uh, it's a very dramatic thing. We have to also measure the consequences of those who are going to perish as a result of these measures. They will probably, some of them, uh, end up doing silly things and even committing suicide out of desperation. It's utterly irresponsible. It is utterly unconstitutional what these uh, little dictators are doing, uh, both uh, in uh, Western Australia and other uh, states and jurisdictions in Australia, including Queensland, as you know. Alexandra. Oops, sorry, Alexandra, start again. We had you mic'd. I My apologies. Muted. How uncool. We had you mic'd. Uh, uh, you were right. Muted was the right word. We didn't have you mic'd. <laughs> I, I was looking at some of the laws that have been sitting in Australia for a while that have allowed our various premiers to enact this COVID tyranny over us. And I was wondering if Augusto had a comment about how we've allowed these draconian laws to exist in our system for so long without anybody paying much attention to them or at least trying to stop or question the creation of the laws which have uh, an overreach of power associated with them and are perhaps too dangerous to be allowed in the system without proper constraint. You know, how, how do we get here where they, they actually exist? Well, I think we have two reasons for this. One is uh, the collusion between the judicial elite and uh, politicians. Uh, the High Court has made a decision not such a long time ago that um, uh, the borders must be uh, controlled by the states. Uh, the decision was uh, on the Clive Palmer case, and it was a, a very disappointing one where the High Court managed to say that the word absolute is no longer uh, absolute and uh, it's relative. So the borders, uh, the founding fathers were very clear in section 92, must be absolutely free. And the high court decided to say, uh, made a very strange decision saying in a very postmodern fashion, of course, that the word absolute doesn't mean anything absolute at all. It's, uh, it's relative. Uh, and so the borders were uh, closed. And this is utterly responsible but the argument could be just that uh, we are facing a so-called emergency, and so the provision would not be applied. But to say that the word absolute doesn't mean that it is absolute, it's completely madness, it's crazy. Uh, so we shouldn't trust the judicial elite to solve our problems. And some people say that if you go to the high court, our problems will be solved. Well, the High Court has even decided quite recently that uh, foreigners who claim to be aborigines can stay in the country even when they commit terrible crimes of rape or things of this nature. 
provided that they feel identified with the Aborigines, they can claim to stay in the country because they have accepted this new identity for themselves. This is total madness, and I'm really, really concerned when people think that the judges will save us because they come from the same elite, they attend the same clubs, and they are actually, in my opinion, in collusion with the political elite. It's the uh, illiberal ruling groups that are running the show. Unfortunately, they do not have the belief in classical liberals, liberal values anymore, and the population has been brainwashed to lose their sense of dignity, and they feel that the role of government is to provide them utter protection from this uh, so-called deadly virus. So it's a combination of factors and I really fear, I'm really fearing for the future of this nation. I think we are taking a very dangerous path. Perhaps it's a good time to renew my second passport just in case of emergency. But um, I'm starting to really get worried about what's happening in this country. It's really scary. But Augusto, when did we give power to the government to arbitrarily shut down businesses? Because we've got the government deciding who's an essential service business, who is not, who is mm. safe and who is not, without having to give any kind of uh, figures or research to show that they are, like, their point is valid. We're allowing bureaucrats to destroy what should be a protected civilian interest. And that I don't see how emergency laws have ever been able to stretch that far because even in war times they did not have the power to do that well you know uh, from time to time people have to realize that the elites become a parasitical entrenched oligarchy and that's exactly what's happening now in, in australia where the elites have decided to uh, disobey the rules of the game and not be under the rule of law anymore and when it happens, we need to have perhaps uh, or resurrect uh, another Oliver Cromwell to go to Parliament and expel those bastards and say, you have been uh, enough here. It's time for you, for God's sake, to go. Uh, but I, to I, I before he becomes a tyrant, to make sure that yeah. we don't have a full Cromwell, just a, a, uh, a first part Cromwell. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, what, I, what I try to say here is that we need sometimes to use a lawful right to resist, to resist tyranny. What these people are doing, consciously doing, is to destroy the rule of law and in the process to undermine our fundamental rights and freedoms. Uh, an Irish uh, politician from the 19th century stated that, that uh, vigilance is the price of uh, freedom. And unfortunately, the Australians have lost their sense of vigilance. They have lost their sense of, uh, of dignity even because they no longer value freedom as they should. Oh, well, I, you know, even today you hear so many people who are just giving up because it's easier. They, they say they're complying not because they agree with compliance because it means, oh, well, I can go travel or, well, I can go into a shop. So they're just they're complying out of almost... The, like they've given up hope that they can resist this action, and that's depressing to see. Don't you think that too, yeah. Dave? It's a yeah. combination. Just to say something really quick, it's a combination of two factors. Is what you're saying that people are losing their sense of hope, they feel betrayed by the politicians, so it's time for them to start thinking about alternatives. And the the second thing is those who are 
blind to government because one of the consequences of the loss of Christian faith in this country is that people are now putting their faith in government. I would call this a sort of idolatry of the state. People mm. in this country are starting to worship government and putting all their trust and hope in government. That is a recipe for disaster, I must say. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, an article, a quote from an article I want to read um, from Bill Muhlenberg, I think it, it is. Um, Dylan just uh, said, good times produce weak men. Um, and uh, there's a, a fuller um, quote of that that I want to read if I can find it. Here we go. Here we go. Found it. Lord Macaulay, an English writer and historian in the uh, 19th century, put it this way. From bondage to spiritual faith, from faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to complacency, from complacency to selfishness and from selfishness to apathy, from apathy to dependency. And this is where we are. Hopefully it's the end of the curve and hopefully we don't even have to finish it. But from dependency back again into bondage. Uh, well, that's... I think um, we should ask ourselves this. What would happen if everybody just decided not to check into stores, not to wear their masks? <coughs> what would government do? They can't lock everybody up. They certainly can't find everybody. Uh, the, their hold of power is only through our compliance, and that's it. Yeah, 100%. I was going to say that before, that, that these laws are a fraud. Um, and there's many laws that are a fraud, things that are, are legalised that shouldn't be legalised, that are, are violations of objective morality. For example, when the Supreme Court of the United States uh, ruled that a slave couldn't be set free because uh, property rights were protected in the Constitution. What a terrible reading of the law. And the only thing that gives such frauds any kind of, of currency and validity is the cooperation of people. Uh, we have to stop cooperating with bad laws that are, are perversions of true justice and and liberty. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm zero compliant. Uh, there, is, there is plenty, plenty of really good valid uh, exemptions for not wearing a mask. As we said at the, at the beginning of the show, even as much as, as uh, anxiety, um, well, fantastic. Uh, I think masks are anxiety-causing, um, uh, you know, devices. So the minute you're asked to wear one, you've got anxiety and you don't have to wear one according you know to what, the Dave? law. We shouldn't have to do that. We shouldn't have to work in red tape. We should just be able you're to right. say, you know what, you're right. no. No, we're not going to play the game of compliance. It's just a straight, just a no. I don't want to have to lie my way to walking around a rule because they'll just close the loopholes if we do that. It should yep. just be where I don't agree. I think your rule is wrong and immoral and you've given me no justification for it. You know what? I want to bring up this uh, this post from uh, Martin Isles. I'll, I'll see if I can find it quickly. But uh, Alex Hardman had that, that comment um, which made me think of it. Um, and, of course, everyone knows Martin Isles is one of the clearest thinkers um, Why are you doing on... that? I call it the, uh, it, it's like the body corporate politics where you get those little body corporates where they love to obsess about, you know, if your bin's the right way around, if your house is painted the right colour because they've got so nothing true. better to do. You give them so a small true. amount of power and people just love it because they've got 
nothing else going on in their life. Mm -hmm. That's what this yep. is like. I can enforce my power on you because I've been given authority by the state to harass you. And it's like yep. the busybody nation. Yep. Well, here is uh, Martin's comment. Um, and I just want to uh, read that because it's uh, so, so good. He says, uh, beware the self-righteousness of the COVID warriors. They are just so, so good at keeping the rules better than you. When they put a mask on, they take and post a selfie to prove their rule-keeping creds and receive the acclaim of others. When they get a vaccine, they take and post a selfie to spruik their moral elevation to fully vaccinated and, of course, get that precious acclaim. They call for lockdowns before they happen, border closures when they're not yet needed, and tougher restrictions than are currently in force. They are more ready to keep the rules than you are. They really are just that good. If you ask whether you need your mask for something, they'll tell you to do the right thing and mask up regardless. You're already worse than them just for asking. They trash the covidiots who misunderstand the rules, ignorantly break the rules, or fearfully buy too much toilet paper. No, they scoff at them because they're better. They post photos of people whose masks have slipped below their nose and oh, how they mock because they're just so much better. They query the moral standing of others very quickly. An interstate number plate, surely too far from home. No mask, a likely insubordinate. You see, people worse than them are just everywhere. And they signal their deep concern for humanity with copious Facebook posts. Stay safe, everyone. We can do this. It's costly stuff, but someone's got to do it. Sure, one or two of the above could be done with totally innocent or even good motives. Relax, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at the pharisaical tendency to be self-righteous over the rules of men. It's ugly and it's ungodly and it's common at the moment. Pharisees advertised their righteousness, rule-keeping before others to be seen and honoured by them. Well, they've had their reward, said Jesus. Pharisees ruthlessly condemned others who didn't or couldn't keep the rules like they did. It was their false measure of that person. Pharisees believed they were righteous on the inside because they kept mere rules of men on the outside. But that's not how it works. Jesus said they were straining out gnats and swallowing camels or like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Part of that uncleanness is the ugly trait of self-righteousness. Uh, I know the religious content won't be totally uh, up your your alley, Alexandra, but uh, well, how true is the meaning of all of that? Your quote for them, I'm going to get my revenge. I guarantee you anything you like that the people who are the whole little mask self-righteous individuals are the first to go around shagging all the sexual diseases to all their mates. Like They probably only have righteousness in one part of their medical lives and that's the one they can post on Facebook. Which was uh, exactly Jesus' point, was that, you know, these people are so clean on the outside and, and yet they were breaking far more important rules. There you go, I made the heathen quote for you as well. I translate it for the other half of the audience. Translate it for the secular humanists. Thank you, Ellie. That's uh, your, your token presence on this. No, I'm joking. You've got a profoundly valuable presence, uh, not a token anything. Uh, I repent of saying that. <laughs> I'm the token girl, not the token pagan. <laughs> uh, no, not token anything. But uh, yeah, how good was how good was that said, um, Augusto? Um, well, look, uh, it's uh, it's always a uh, the uh, rules of men. 
it's always a pleasure to hear what Marty Ayo has to say. The, the man is brilliant. Mm. Uh, even if I were not a Christian, I would have to, to acknowledge that his uh, uh, comments are always, are always uh, very uh, impressive. Uh, he will be visiting Perth very soon uh, if uh, the dictator here allows. And I will be more than happy to uh, shake my hands with him and to say, and to say in person that I really admire his uh, contributions. But yep. one thing that I have to say regarding this uh, 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 so-called pandemic is that um, the left or the globalists, if I can say, uh, did a very good uh, thing to create this crisis. Uh, there was a a uh, person recently who referred to the fact that uh, uh, it is now uh, possible to say that the virus was created in a lab, uh, in the Wuhan lab in China. So science has created the virus. And now the same people who created the virus, the science scientists who were behind the, this experiment that end up in disaster are, are promoting this vaccination. So, and the conservatives, that's my main fear. Uh, they might sometimes fall into the trap because conservatives are those who want to protect their families, protect their societies. So what the globalists decided to do, to create a health issue where some people naively believe that the government will be looking after us and protecting us from something that uh, some of these people they themselves have created. So they come with the problem. The, the virus, obviously, is not as deadly as we originally thought that could be, but the vaccine is now being imposed on everyone. And you have some people who usually are very decent and very normal now mm. becoming fanatical about this sort of thing. Uh, so it's, a, it's certainly a, a, an amazing development that now some conservative people are embracing this uh, terrible agenda because they think that they have to somehow look after themselves in such a manner, expecting that the government that will be powerful enough to protect them, uh, expecting that this government will not be powerful enough to utterly destroy their lives, and that's exactly what's happening now. Well, on your point, Augusto, two things. Conservatives should be conserving the intention of the law, not yeah. helping to uphold arbitrary laws that go in violation of the intention of the law. And yeah. also the government doesn't care about whether you live or die because the same government that cares about your COVID stats is quite happy to send you off into wars in order for its own gain. Absolutely. And that is another thing that I must say. The so-called health crisis and the emergency that it creates is when the government takes the opportunity to uh, enact these arbitrary rules and mm. to start acting in, in a totally uh, arbitrary fashion and uh, tyrannical fashion, I must say. So that yeah. is the strategy. The strategy is to create the crisis so that they can rule under emergency powers. The powers that are given to the state sometimes are never returned. Think about, for instance, what happened in a certain country in Europe in the 1930s when the dictator over there decided that there was a health issue and a threat that should uh, be uh, dealt with uh, uh, emergency power. The power that was 
given to this tyrant was not returned. So the problem that we have here is that the government, when it takes the power, it never gives it back. It will be only given back to the people, perhaps by extra legal means. So perhaps we are actually facing a time of, of, of pre-revolutionary action. Uh, we are having a problem here that perhaps can only be solved by extra legal means. Brilliant. Well, um, we have a comment from uh, Psychedelic who says this was a fantastic article, great article, Augusto. This is the article on the website, most popular at the moment, as you can see. Australians are living in a pandemic of arrogance and stupidity. Uh, can I encourage you, if you like that, you might like uh, this mug from the good source as well. We see Pharaoh uh, in the foreground with uh, Egyptian slaves in the background, slave master there whipping them and the slaves working hard. And they're celebrating the way the government in Australia wants us to at the moment. At least we have freedom online. We can uh, have our church services online. Yeehaw, isn't that fantastic? Also want uh, you to have a look on the website for the links to Augusto's book, Fundamental Rights in the Age of COVID-19. Click on the link there. It'll take you to Amazon where you can buy it. That's edited by two of the finest uh, legal academic minds in Australia, Augusto Zimmerman and Joshua Forrester. Uh, you'll be able to see the, the list of chapters um, in there, but looks like a whole lot of really great reading on the diverse um, stable of, of topics that are being asked and, and discussed at the moment because uh, we're, we're being conned and it's about time we got informed. So thank you for your article and, and thank you for that book, Augusto. Well, thank you. This is not only my book. It's the book of many leading academics in the field. Professor David Flint has contributed an excellent article. Dr. Rocco Loyacano doing a great job publishing The Spectator and others about what's taking place. There is a good friend of mine in Queensland who also wrote an excellent article. My great friend, James Allen. Garrick, professor of law at the University of Queensland, a great man. So all these people are uh, very prominent uh, uh, personalities in the legal and, uh, and policy uh, areas, uh, and they are all very bold and courageous to uh, express their opinions about these issues and to try to uh, awake this population and to let them know that they are not alone anymore. We are going to be fighting with them and we are going to do everything we can to restore the rights and freedoms that the ruling groups, the mm. entrenched parasitical oligarchies in this country have stolen from them. It's time to fight for freedom again. And we have to honor our forefathers. Eh? From time to time, we have to resist tyranny. That's Absolutely. the time. Absolutely. It's time to stop cooperating and thereby validating these uh, perversions uh, called uh, public health directives. Um, yes, I believe. Uh, say again, uh, Alexandra. If you want to do something really scary, have a look at my article, Digital Darkness, I just put out mm. in Spectator, about what's coming next, the next thing after COVID, which is the digital apocalypse. And uh, yeah. if you think this is bad, you can see what they've got planned. Mm. Alexandra. Uh, I just feel really sorry that I couldn't have your contribution in this book, but I will contact you later because we have another book on the way on the woke movement. And perhaps you could be one of our contributors because I must say that I love your work and everything you write. That's very kind of you. I would love to. 
We will be in touch. The other thing I want to mention, uh, people, tonight is if you like Alexandra's work and you like Augusto's work, head to The Good Source. Uh, not only should you support The Good Source regularly each month, but at the bottom of their articles, there's an opportunity to shout them a coffee and say, hey, um, get back to the desk. Here's your coffee. Start writing. Um, next piece of work, please. <laughs> uh, so, so those links are available, and uh, the the full amount of those uh, good source doesn't take a commission. Um, I mean, we we, are, we appreciate the support that we get uh, for the overall platform, um, but when you donate specifically to uh, one of these authors, they get all of the money that we receive. One hundred percent of it is is passed on. Um, so, thank you very much for those people who do take those opportunities to. To shout our authors a coffee personally. Well, we're pretty I much. Gonna, I know you're going to wrap up soon, but there's one COVID yeah. rule I think we can all agree should exist, and that is when we're all locked in our apartment buildings, no one should be allowed to bake things like apple cinnamon tarts that smell really great if they don't share it with the other people in the apartment building. I think hmm. that's a fair rule. Yeah, that, that seems fair. I, I don't know why that isn't already in the public health directives. Uh, no baking, really well-scented uh, baking uh, if you're within 100 metres of another resident. I mean, that's that, it's just science. Exactly. It's just correct. It's morally sound. Uh, Oak says, in the case of an emergency, it would take the government about an hour to shut down in the internet. Australia researched this in 2012. Excellent. That's, well, uh, the application... The big cable that goes to Brisbane from New South Wales, the data cable, actually goes through my front paddock. So I could easily take out all of Brisbane if I felt so inclined. <laughs> you and the backhoe. <laughs> that's uh, that's a, a, a very, very scary thought. Look, another shout-out. Now out. you're worried. Another shout-out to our uh, sponsors for tonight, uh, and that is uh, Red Union Hub. Um, head to redunion.com.au and uh, you'll find uh, unions there for professional drivers, teachers and nurses. Um, wherever you are in Australia, make sure you jump onto this website, uh, get out of your uh, industry super funds, they're funding the Labor Party, get out of your political unions, they're funding the Labor Party, just pay for the services you need and want uh, and get better service and everything that you're currently getting plus more while saving hundreds of dollars a year. And if you enter the coupon Good Source, you'll also save $25 off your first month fees. Uh, sounds like a win, win, win. Win for Australia, win for you, uh, and win for the Good Source sponsor. So uh, thank you very much. Well, that's pretty much it for this evening. Uh, before we uh, go to the outro, though, uh, final thoughts from Augusto and Alexandra. Well, look, the problem is uh, goes far beyond uh, what the elites are doing. I think it's the behavior of the population in having allowed these sort of things to happen that it really scares me. Uh, I have written a PhD thesis about uh, the rule of law being as much as legal institutional design as it is a matter of cultural, political development. And if the people are not willing to fight for the rights and freedoms, that's when we are going to have the problem of losing everything. Do not expect that the politicians will do the things that you are not really fighting for. 
You have to now exercise your right to resist this sort of oppression and to prove myself that you are, still have a sense of dignity. The problem with this situation is that I'm not so worried and scared about what the elites are doing because I have never expected them in this country to do different. Mm. But exactly I want right. you, a citizen, to fight against this and react against these instances of oppression. The time is now for us to react, and we will be together on this, and it will prevail. That's yeah, my if message not now, If not now, when? Excellent message. It's or, or never yeah, exactly right. Angelina asks, uh, did we have Pat on? She's missed the show. Angelina, thanks for tuning in. Better late than never. We, You can always watch these back. Um, so the live stream will stay on Facebook, will stay on YouTube, and uh, hopefully sometime tomorrow I'll actually post it on the website as, as well because um, we'll transfer it from YouTube to Rumble where we can uh, have a little bit more security that we won't be censored later. Um Alexandra, uh, before we get your final thought for the day, Sandra Marie says that the next apple tarts she's bake, baking, she's going to send some to me um, to share. So thank you, Sandra Marie. Uh, postal address, <laughs> I guess apple tarts will go in the P.O. box. <laughs> uh, that's a wonderful mug you've got there, uh, Augusto. Uh, fantastic. I have good taste. There's not many of those left. There's, there's a small box of those left. If if you want to uh, become a good source supporter for $20 a month, um, then uh, I will actually send you one of the last remaining Pillow Talk mugs. You'll just have to email me and, and let me know. I want a mug. I've signed up. Um, so for, for new sponsors. Give me the damn mug. Give me the email title. Just give me the damn mug. Send me the pillow talk mug already. <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed to hydrate you when you put fluid in it and drink it it's uh, one of those special mugs um so yes thank you thank you very much alexandra your final thoughts for the night uh, i actually just remembered that all of my merch so my merchandise that annoys the government my venestralia shirts and my go find yourself abc shirts and also mugs on both are currently 10 percent off until the 5th of july all you have wow. to do is use the promo, promo code uh heatwave one word so I don't know why they picked Heatwave because it's freezing, but the uh, code is Heatwave. And uh, you can run around in a, in a Venezuela shirt, which is what I'm going to do tomorrow, just to annoy everyone I come across. Uh, also, go and buy Augusto's book, and I will beg him for a signed copy. And also go to Dave, and please contribute to The Good Source because he does such great work. And we're only here to chat to you because of his efforts. So thank you very much, boys. Here's, uh, here's some Thank of you. the merch. Um, we oh, showed some pictures. <clears throat> Dear ABC, go fund yourselves. Welcome to Venezuela. I like that. That's that's, that a, that's a good mug. Article. That's that's pretty good. Welcome to Venezuela. Uh, did did that article go in the good source? Yes, it did. It was one of yours, and I've got it in a hoodie, which I am going to be wearing around tomorrow, I wherever like I go. Oh, you, you received it. <laughs> I got it. I got it yesterday. I'm so excited. I have my hoodie. Um, it's a white one. I got the white one down the bottom. That's what I'm wearing tomorrow. Sweet. I like it. They are awesome. All right. Uh, yes. So Pat Mercedes was on. Fantastic. Make sure you watch it back. Make sure you share it with everybody. Um, and uh, that'll be a whole lot of fun. That is it for tonight. Thank you very much to our guests. I would also like to 
encourage everybody to jump on to goodsource.news and uh, subscribe to our newsletter. I really try to get those out once a week and manage to get it out uh, two to four times a, a month. Um, and uh, that'll be fantastic. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, really looking forward to seeing you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, we're on Rumble now as well. Um, thank you to the Good Source supporters who make this happen every single night. Um, uh, Augusto has a great Facebook page, Ellie's Best on Twitter. Uh, I'm absolutely everywhere, but um, we're looking I'm forward to. Uh, omnipresent uh, in a very limited capacity. But uh, thanks for a great show, guys, and we will see you all next week. Today, we need a special kind of courage. Not the kind needed in battle, but a kind which makes us stand up for everything that we know is right, everything that is true and honest. We need the kind of courage that can withstand the subtle corruption of the cynic so that we can show the world that we are not afraid of the future.